Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. On this episode, we double up the action. It's not just round one from day one. It's round two and three from day two of the 2022 NFL Draft. Connor and I tried to go rapid fire and talk about all the things that we really loved. Some of the things that we didn't love as much. Moments that we were really surprised. Some player team fits we really liked. Breaking down a lot of that top tier headline action one way or the other. It's not going to be a full breakdown of every single pick. We promise that we will get to that in some future episodes as we go through total draft hauls. But we try to cover as much of the day two craze as we possibly can. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers, and we are here to recap day two, rounds two and three of the 2022 NFL Draft. Connor, my man, we're more than halfway through. And by that, I mean until we get to sleep again, because right now it's once again night two of running on absolute fumes. And so, like it was last night, means we're not going to hold anything back. We don't have, have, we're barely conscious right now. So all of the true thoughts and opinions on what happened on day two, we're about to let him fly. Buddy, how you feeling tonight? Good, man. It's funny. It's the same playbook again. You leave PFF. I leave Bleacher Report. We both shove as much food as we can down <laughs> our throats after being alive for like six hours. And then hopefully the food digests while you and I do our podcast before we hopefully sleep for a couple hours and then go back into our studios and do it all again tomorrow, which it's I wouldn't trade this life for anything else. I would like to make that clear. Yes. But buddy, when a cold beer hits my lips tomorrow and a warm <laughs> bed is uh, on the table for more than four hours of sleep, I will feel real nice. It's going to be very glorious. But we got picks to talk about. We got picks to see before that point. Before we talk about everything that happened on day two of the NFL draft, got to remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at jock market that's jock mkt stop betting start trading that is their motto it's a great blend of fantasy football and uh daily fantasy sports as well because it's player-based matchup stuff it's not just a team it's not just okay i think this team's gonna buy win by this much beat the spread it's okay i think this player's got a great matchup tonight Let's throw some money on it that they're going to have a great performance. And that's what it all boils down to. Check it out. Jock Market. That's jockmkt.com backslash PFF. Also on the App Store. Use promo code PFF and they will match up to 100% of whatever your deposit is if it's under $100. Plus you get a free PFF Edge subscription. It's such a cool concept. This podcast absolutely endorses it. You guys should check it out. Connor, I don't know how you want to do this necessarily, I was thinking about just kind of going going down the list, firing at the hip from round two of the NFL draft. Logan Hall ends up going. We won't, we won't go through every single pick, but I'm just highlighting a couple here. Logan Hall ends up going 33 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were told by John Lager on the guest mock draft series that Logan Hall was very high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radar. We thought that that could have been the pick at 27. I feel like it would have been the pick at 27 had they not found a trade back and gotten some extra draft value. So that one, not too much of a shock. I think the one that elicited the most emotion right off the bat was Christian Watson going to the Green Bay Packers. They get the guy who we said, this is their type of receiver. And Packers fans didn't want to hear it, but guess what? It happened. Yeah, I know I was tough on them on last night's pod because they didn't, I think, have a plan to be aggressive at the top of the draft to go get a wide receiver. Now, I will not 
say I, I'm apologizing for that because I, I would still rather have gone up and gotten Chris Olave for this offense or somebody along those lines and rather than taking I just want to be transparent here and I know you've been with me Trevor like I like Christian Watson a size speed prospect I think Christian Watson is still a little bit of a project right now where you know you're trying to win Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers right now is Aaron is Christian Watson ready to be the guy in an offense I think that's a little unfair so I really like this pick I really do I think it's it's a good pick, but I just wish they were a little bit more aggressive at the top. Like I said, this was an exciting one, though, uh, amongst many. I, I really liked Logan Hall for the Bucks. You were saying they needed a gap shooter, and, and they got a guy that could do that. So that's a really exciting add to that defensive front for Todd Bowles. Look, if if Christian Watson pans out, it's a great draft, right? Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt in the first round. Yeah. They go Christian Watson, and then in the third round, they got Sean Ryan, the athletic offensive tackle from ucla with a lot of upside man i liked that pick as much as as the other ones i that, i like that pick as much as anything I, I think that he fits they're so good at drafting offensive linemen on day two it just fit that mold yep uh as you go a little bit further down the list here gotta bring the tab back up round two roger mccreary tennessee titans which I thought was yeah, interesting solid. I, so you know me i i like roger mccreary yeah, you like him a lot I'm, I'm, su I'm super high on roger mccreary so i'm glad he was an early second round pick didn't think he'd go to the titans i feel like the titans would want longer armed bigger bodied secondary players i didn't see this as a landing spot for him but i don't hate it you know in theory they've got caleb farley christian fulton roger mccreary three really good coverage players i think in theory but there's a lot of in theory how are you playing them though that's what i'm fascinated yeah. to watch they got to think McCreary's going to play slot for them. So that's right? what I thought. It was interesting. We, we had Richard Sherman on, and, and we threw to him when McCreary got taken. And, you know, he, he was saying how hard it is to just go, kick inside of the slot. And I agree, but he, he did work out there with the senior bowl, too. And you look at the construction of this team right now. I thought the same thing, Trevor. I think that he's going to be a slot player for them, real physical player. They like that in their secondary. Doesn't have experience in, this, <clears throat> in the slot, though. Not in regular so, season, no. Right. So it's, it's, it's a total work in progress for him there. Um, definitely something that he is going to have to work on. We can hit on your New York Jets now because they ended up taking Brees Hall. They also took Jeremy Ruckert later in the draft in the third round. What'd you think of those two picks there with Brees Hall and Jeremy Ruckert? In a span of two days, the Jets became fun. I don't know if the Jets are going to be good this year. I, I think that would be a little rich because we just don't know what Zach Wilson is going to be. The Jets are a hell of a lot of fun. You got Garrett Wilson, you got Brees Hall, uh, my number one wide receiver, my number one running back, and then Jeremy Ruckert, my number two tight end. It felt like a team that was so anemic on offense for so long. Now you look at it and you go, okay, I can see some pieces here. This thing's going to be growing. This thing's fun. Zach Wilson's got a lot of help. You're going to figure out if he's the guy. Um, I loved Brees Hall in the top 40 of this draft. He was my number 30 overall player. I thought he was going to go in the first round. I was curious to see how aggressive teams would be to get him. And, and the Jets went up and got a guy that, you know, I've been saying it, and people really come at me. They do not like when I say this. I like Michael Carter for what he is. Michael Carter, to me, is, a, a you know, your number two in a backfield. He's not the 1A. He's not the workhorse kind of guy. Um, he's a nice player. But when they started to use him as a workhorse last year, he got hurt. And then it was Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman, and that's not good enough. So now you got Brees Hall, and I think that's really exciting. And I think that they drafted Brees Hall as such, right? For no, what Brees you, Hall is, what is the you guy. Said there. Right. You, they drafted him to be that probably RB1, and you're going to get plenty of the mix of the other guys. They're going to be able to come in, and it's not going to be a, a full Derrick Henry kind of like workhorse role, but Brees Hall is going to be the starting pitcher, if you will, in that rotation mm -hmm. for the New York Jets. That's certainly the way it seems. Did, did you see what he said? Who? Brees Hall said that 
the Jets told him, and I, I think Joe Douglas might have confirmed this, the Jets tried to get in the first round for the fourth time last night, at the end of oh. last night, to get Brees Hall. And they, they couldn't. And then when they saw him falling, they moved up to the Giants today. Didn't you tell me him. that Joe Douglas is cheap like a couple of days before the draft when I was talking to you about potential trade-ups? Stingy, for the I Jets. said. Stingy. Stingy. Stingy is the uh, word. Yeah. Did you see the offer for Debo Samuel? Dude. That's stingy. Would they give a, a 10 overall and a fifth? Isn't that, wasn't that what it was? No. They, flip, they wanted to flip 10 and 61 for Debo Samuel. They wanted oh. to flip. They wanted to flip ten with sixty-one and a fifth for Debo Samuel. I didn't even see the sixty-one part because it was labeled as a second rounder. So, you, but it's like no, it's pick sixty-one. They wanted to flip ten with sixty-one for Debo Samuel, and the Niners There's were like, "No uh, way, that was gonna happen." The Niners were like, "Absolutely not," and the Jets were like, "All right, cool, we'll draft Garrett Wilson. See you later." That's one hundred percent ridiculous. The, the <laughs> next draft, the next draft that I want to touch on is the uh, is the Atlanta Falcons, and I want to talk about. A couple of loved players it. in their hall here because I love the two. I really love this draft hall from them. They obviously go and they get Drake London in the first round. Day two for them, Arlen Libicade, pass rusher. Troy Anderson, linebacker from uh, Montana State. Desmond Ritter, one of the quarterbacks. And we're going to dig into the quarterback conversation in a second here. This is a good segue into it. But Desmond Ritter and then your guy, D'Angelo Malone, who you had, what, top 40, top 35? I, no, I think I, I, let's see, we'll pull it up right now. I had him 41, thought, 41. Okay, 41, so close, I was close. So you loved it, you loved this class, I did as well. I mean, I'd even Katie, 26, Malone, 41. I think they got their two pass rushers right there. Let them rip, let them yep. ride. Um, I forgot until you just said it, because it moved so fast, grading all the picks, that Troy Anderson was obviously gone as well there too. Just a, a dynamic athlete. I mean, man, Atlanta had a lot of needs, and it's going to take a little while to get it right there, but really damn good start. And we like Drake London a lot too. So they, yeah. they did a good job day one. Um, I'll take it right here. The Ravens are lapping everyone, man. The Ravens Dude. are. The Ravens are just. Eric DeCoss is out here playing 4D chess yeah. against these other teams, man. You can't. He's kidding just me? getting first rounders after first rounders for me, and he doesn't care what holes people are picking. And I know Ajabo was hurt, but I still think Ajabo should have went earlier. I mean, the fact he was the 45th pick in the draft, I thought he was a top 20 player. Uh, I mean, you look at getting Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, okay. I mean, that's unbelievable, obviously. They got Travis Jones, who was a first-round grade for me. 100%. I mean, how did they just keep doing this? And, and then, you know, I, just, I, I think someone, you know, said to me, like, oh, well, you know, they, they don't win in the playoffs. And I'm like, man you can't keep looking back when you look at a draft class like this this is this is how you draft that defense is going to be awesome and they're going to be teach tape if you want to learn more about defense and how to team build watch them all the baltimore ravens for the next two years i find them to be fascinating dude since when did john harborough get there i think it was 2008 is it 2000 it's been a long time it's been at least a decade i believe it is 2008 yeah it's 2008 since 2008 there have only been five seasons in which they have not made the playoffs. And of those five seasons, only two of them did they finish below 500. Don't talk to me about like, all oh, the Ravens haven't been lose. able to get over the hump. They are either in the playoffs or above 500 every single year for almost a decade and a half. And the reason why is because they are better at this drafting thing. They are better at this team building thing than almost every other organization in the NFL. And this draft that they are currently having is stellar. 
not only is it the four picks that they currently have that are incredible between Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum and David Ojabo and Logan Hall, four fantastic players, they also were able to ship off Marquise Brown for 23, for number 23 overall yep. to make all this stuff happen. They're wheeling and dealing and trading down and making moves and just making their roster great. Uh, they're kick-ass job by the Baltimore Ravens. Incredible. I think the Chiefs also had one hell of a draft. Yeah, they've been solid. I mean, I obviously really, really like McDuffie. I, I don't know if Carl... I like Carl Loftus for where they got him. I wouldn't say he fires me up. Um, and then you look at, obviously, you know, what Sky they did Moore. on... What they did on day two was was where I started to be like, okay, now I'm jacked up. Sky, Sky Moore, Moore. Brian Cook, Leo Chanel. Awesome picks. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it was value, too, the way you look at how 100%. they got them. I mean, for me, with Sky Moore... That 10-yard split was an elite metric. He's going to get down the field vertically for Pat Mahomes. He was my 40th player. Uh, you said they got Chanel. He was my 55th player. I called him a taller Nick Bolton. They obviously loved what they had in Nick Bolton. They got another one. It's kind of funny how that works. And then you look at Brian Cook, like you said, a guy that played slot, free safety, and in the box. He's, he's an animal. Nick Bolton and Leo Chanel, just two guys that are just going to be battering Rams on the interior offensive line, just blitzing for that team. Insane. I do want to go back and talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. Sure. Connor, this quarterback draft was both exactly what we thought and absolutely nothing like what we thought mm -hmm. all at the same time. And I think it comes down to the fact that when we all watch these quarterbacks, there's not many people out there that probably gave many quarterbacks in this draft, if any at all, first-round grades. The consensus certainly seemed like that was not the case. Boy, a lot of writers were saying... 13, 14 teams have first-round grades on this guy. Right. I read it all week, man. Stop and, doing this every year. Every year we get to draft week and this BS drops. We told ourselves that the NFL was just going to draft these guys high. Whether they had them as first-round grades I did or think not, that. we thought that they were going to draft them high. Connor, it was, it was 54 picks between QB1 and QB2. Unheard Kenny Pickett of. went 20th overall. And Desmond Ritter went 74th in 2022. This is the age of passing. This is the age of if it's never meant more that you either have a quarterback or you don't. That saying has never been truer than this moment right now for where the game of football is. And we had QB1 go 20, and we had QB2 go 74. My mind was absolutely blown as QB needy team after QB needy team continued to get on the clock during the second round, and none of them took any of these guys. Yeah, and I none think the them. biggest story is that Malik Willis made it to 86. And, you know, I kind of felt bad for Malik Willis, and he's he's got the right attitude. I'm sure he's okay. And I think the situation worked out for him. I kind of like Malik Willis chilling on the Titans behind Ryan Tannehill, right? Let him develop. Let him build some chemistry in camp with Traylon Burks. But you're right, Trevor. It's, it's fascinating to me how often we heard – Teams will just do it. They'll just do it. They can't help themselves. They'll take the darts. And teams maybe are getting away from that. Is Was this a turning point in NFL draft history that there's more conviction on quarterbacks where guys are like, you know what? The chance of this guy hitting is so small. And the fact that if we if we make him a first-round pick, we've tied our regime to him. Right. If so we make him a second-round pick, there's still some expectations Let's just wait to the third and see what happens. 
So I was doing a couple of radio hits the morning before uh, day two of the draft. And a lot of people wanted to know about the quarterbacks, obviously, because the only one had gone off the board, Kenny Pickett at that point in time. And that was the main point that I said to them. When you're a general manager, if you pick a quarterback in the first round, your reputation then goes on that player. But honestly, any round after the first round, even the second round, and your reputation isn't really on that player because it's a cop-out. You could say to yourself, well, come on, quarterback's the most important position in the game. Of course I can't. You can't judge my job off of a guy who was picked in the second round. That's not that's not the right way to do things. And you know what? There's validity to that. But I did. I thought that these other teams would take a stab at it at the beginning of the second round because that would have been the place where, okay, I'm comfortable. I don't have to have my job on the line with this yep. guy and depending on how he does. But it turns out, man, that we all watch these quarterbacks – and we said, nope, uh, none of them are probably day one starters. Uh, they should probably sit for at least a year first, and we don't see any franchise saviors. And the league drafted them as such. Desmond Ritter gets to sit behind Marcus Mariota. Malik Willis gets to sit behind Ryan Tannehill. Matt Corral, in theory, gets to sit behind Sam Darnold, but we all know that Sam Darnold's probably not going to play well. Matt Corral might be the first one of this entire group to start. But that they're, they're in situations that are better off than what it would have been of drafting these guys early and throwing them to the wolves, if you will. So we're sitting here, I'm certainly sitting, sitting here shocked at how they were picked because of the perception that we thought that they were going to go off the board a lot earlier. But in reality, this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted this exact setup for these QBs. Draft them later, draft them in the middle, end of day two, let them sit behind an established starter. Maybe you'll have something in a couple of years if they start to blossom. Yeah, you're all over it. I, I think we got there. And I think, you know what, quietly didn't help this quarterback class amongst all of it. Not only were they developmental guys, but they were older developmental guys where if you're taking one and you're going, okay, I know I'm going to sit him for at least a year or two. Are you saying that he's not going to be good to go until he's 25, maybe even 26 years old? It's, sure. it's just unheard of in the NFL, that level of breakout. So, you know, good for the Titans to get Malik Willis when they did. Good for the Falcons to get Desmond Ritter when they did. It, it, was, it was funny to me. I thought I was going to be painfully low on this quarterback class compared to where they went and i knew live on the stream i'd have to explain that and i had desmond ritter 68th and he went like 74th and i was like this is exactly what i expected this is exactly what i want not what i expected i expected him to go in the first round or the top of the second round and i'm like maybe the nfl is really sticking to grades here and understanding that just because the guy is a quarterback you still have to factor in the potential bust rate or the lack of being a hit rate and sure. the fact that you need to treat these guys differently the fact that because of their shortcomings they do need to be drafted as third round picks because the expectations and the being forced to play situation is so different so it's it is a it's really fascinating to me i do think we're going to spiral back next year where there's going to be some really top flight underclassmen obviously um and a young and stroud and and a yes. couple of there's a couple other guys too Spencer uh Rattler, will, yeah will van, levis. tyler van dyke i'm will kind levis. of maybe this is early to say i'm pretty much out on rattler but I, I get it i get it we have to at least watch him and monitor that right I'm uh you're right there's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys i know you're going to be writing about a lot of them which is going to be exciting to see um but 
yeah, I think it'll go back next year where you're seeing a lot of, but they're underclassmen, right? So that'll be part of it too. I'd so love yeah. To, I was just going to say, I'd love to hear a couple more full draft classes. Well, they're not full draft classes yet, but draft hall so far that you really liked, but I'll point out one while you think of one. I didn't have to think, but go on. Okay. You're a professional. You're right. I shouldn't have doubted you. No, it was just so easy. The Houston Texans. Low key. Are having a sneaky good draft, dude. Derek okay. Stingley up at the top. Kenyon Green in the middle of the first round. Okay, if they get a starting caliber offensive lineman out of Kenyon Green, that's 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 going to be fine. That pig's going to be fine. Jalen Petrie, beginning of day two. Nice player. John Mechie, a guy who I really like as a wide receiver, and, and I think I'm higher on John Mechie. I think we're higher on John Mechie than a lot of other people seem to be. And then Christian Harris at 75 to kind of round things out on day yeah. two. Look, I am very accustomed to hating Houston Texans drafts. I get it. And so me looking at this list, I, I looked at it before the show and I was like, you know what? Casario's kind of killing it. I actually I actually like these picks that he's that he's making here. I think that they all help the Houston Texans in a lot of ways. Derek Stingley, of course, is a little bit unique because if they're gonna run more of a zone scheme with Lovey Smith, it's kind of not making the most out of Stingley's abilities, but no. perhaps they're going to start playing a lot more man coverage just because they've got the horses to do so. Like I said, Kenyon Green, if he becomes a starting caliber offensive lineman, that's a great hit. Jalen Petrie, a really nice slot defender who's a very unique, gifted secondary guy who can shut down a lot of different shapes and sizes of slots in the NFL. John Mechie, we mentioned, I like him as an all-around wide receiver, knows the position very well, really nice route runner does all the details well of blocking as well. So he's kind of a full package wide receiver when he's fully healthy. And then Christian Harris, you're taking a chance on a really athletic linebacker, five-star prospect going into Alabama, started playing right away because of how gifted he is athletically. And man, when the light is on for him, it looks really good. So Houston having a really nice draft so far, two days into this thing. Yeah, for me, it's going to be how they use these players, right? Like you said with Stingley, I don't want to see him playing heavy zone. I want to see him being a man press corner when you look at christian harris i think at alabama a lot of times he got stuck in a lot of traffic and i'd rather see him be a back you know a weak side backer that can run and chase and i think he's good at that for me the draft class i thought of right away was the philadelphia eagles when i factor in mm. aj brown and we talked a lot about jordan davis and aj brown already but what they did as a follow-up on day two i loved cam jurgens i was obviously Great really re really really high on cam jurgens um i i had him Man, super high. I'm looking for him right now. I had him as the 42nd overall player in this draft. And, you know, it's. I just think that he's that athletic Ryan Khalil type of center uh, that fits so much what they want to do. You know, they, they had Jason Kelsey watch him. And Jason Kelsey was like, yep, this is the guy. And it's kind of cool that they have that kind of pipeline there where Kelsey's going to play this year. But you have Jurgens coming into camp. He's going to learn a ton from Kelsey, who's such a willing vet to help out the young guys, and then he could pass that torch. And for the Eagles, that's pretty special to have that kind of pipeline at center. So that's pretty cool for Cam Jurgens. And then they got N'Kobe Dean, who I thought was a top 20 player in this draft. I saw a lot of the stuff going around in the injuries. I know it's real. And I knew about these, not everything, but I knew about a lot of it before the draft, and I was still real, willing to keep him in the top 20. I just think he's such a good football player. He's so instinctual. I think he's going to figure it out, and that's a risk at the third round I'm willing to take for a team that never values linebacker, and they still didn't value linebacker. They waited till the third round, but they got a first-round linebacker. So this draft class is phenomenal. This team got a lot better. 
that birds fans are jacked up right now um and it's big time for them they should be excited this is this was just a to me a pretty close to a master class from howie roseman now look i i love the dean pick i really do especially at that point in the draft and i i tweeted out a meme where it was you know bugs bunny looking like a king and it was essentially i said howie roseman if nicobe dean ever becomes a starter ever like i'm not even talking about next year or maybe the year after that it doesn't matter if this guy becomes healthy at some point to become anything closer than nicobe dean that we saw at the university of georgia this pick is a massive win but that's how i feel it's there's definitely things to note about it. First and foremost, Nicobe Dean is playing the linebacker position, which is predicated off of you are making contact every single play. There's there's no hiding that. And when you look at Nicobe Dean, our own Austin Gale of PFF, I saw that kind of broke the news with it's not just the the pec injury that he had which he has it's not just the ankle and the knee issues that he has which he has there is also he declined shoulder surgery according to a source and that became another major concern and a red flag so now you've got a pectoral injury a shoulder surgery that might need to happen knee and ankle issues and you look at this guy already and the body was small he's five foot 11 which is fifth percentile for linebackers 229 pounds which is 13th percentile for linebackers he's just not a big dude so he's not a big guy and he's a beat up guy for a position that demands physicality on every single snap that's not good that's why he falls to that point and even it dude Draft Nicobe Dean and don't even play him next year. Tell him Nicobe. That's what I said. The whole year is just about you getting right. Yep. Get the surgeries. We'll be with you every step of the way. The trainers will be with you. There's no pressure at all. We'll get you ready for 2023. You're not going to play football next year, but we believe in you. You're going to come in. You're going to have a chance to be our starter right in the middle of this defense in 2023. You got to get right. And if they do that, man, this could be a hell of a pick for them. That's how I felt. I, I, even knowing all of the medical things, I just thought that it's worth the risk at that point of the third round because he was one of the best football players in this draft. And he's a guy that's honestly going to play a lot of Sundays banged up. And he's not going to tell anyone besides the training staff. And he's going to play with all this different kind of stuff, wrapped shoulder, wrapped knee, uh, cold tub, you know, everything that goes on behind the scenes in the NFL to get through NFL games. He's going to be one of those guys because he is a smaller guy and he's taken a beating at Georgia and he was willing to put his body on the line to win a national championship. But, but I mean, the rea- and I understand teams draft for what they're going to get, right? That's why his two teammates, I think, ten- did Tyndall go ahead of him or did Tyndall? I think Tyndall went no, ahead of him. No, Tyndall went, went to the Dolphins. I knew that. I just Although, didn't know if it was after. No, it was um, after. I think it was almost 20 picks after. No, okay. 10 picks. Something like that. He, he went after him. He went after him. It was closer, a hell of a lot closer than it freaking should have been. Yeah, I agree. Let me just make it that clear. And I, I, I thought Tyndall was a fine pick, but when you look at it, yeah, I mean, Nicobe Dean, man, I'm rooting for him. I think he's a hell of a player, and I'm with you, Trevor. Let him get right. Let him get healthy. Maybe it's going to be hard talking him into that, but you are you got an employer now that if they were looking out for the best of you, listen to him, and I think there's just incredible value in that spot. All right, so we'll go through a handful more halls. We're not going to do all of them this evening. Yeah, we're Connor, going to bed. Connor and I. I'll, Connor say, needs, I'll say it. I'm going to bed. Connor I got to be back in New York City in five hours. Connor needs to go to bed, but we're also going to be dedicating a lot of the next couple of weeks to 
deep dives into yeah. these teams' halls. We're going to give them draft grades. We're going to tell you all the fits and everything. I, I, look, Chicago Bears, that's the team that I'm looking at right now. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, great players. I oh, like yeah. them a lot. They are, they are making that secondary much, much better. I like those players. That ain't helping Justin Fields. Like, I, I, I get it that a good defense could also help Justin Fields, but that offense is so depleted. They've got nobody to throw the ball to outside of Darnell Mooney. I know they drafted Valus Jones, but I'm not the highest on Valus Jones. He's also a, a much older prospect. So that was a questionable choice for me. And the offensive line, I think, is sus. I, I, it is. That's polite. So when you look at Justin Fields, this is him going into year two of his contract. What are you saying that, okay, next offseason, we're just going to catapult and get better, a lot better at the offensive line, and then the offseason after that, we're going to get better at receiver? Then you're going into the final year of Justin Fields' rookie year? I don't know, man. I just – I don't feel like the there is a sense of urgency with Justin Fields There's the way not. that I would like for there to be. And so I like the players they drafted, but I'm a little skeptical at the plan here with the, with Justin Fields. I don't know what more signs you want to see. I'm not saying they don't like Justin Fields. It's not what I'm saying. They have shown no urgency to build around Justin Fields right now. They use their picks, like you said, on good football players to help the defense. They have started to shed money. They're they're trying to get a clean slate, and I respect that, and I get it for the Bears. But, you know, you obviously move on from Khalil Mack. We've already heard some rumblings about Robert Quinn. The offensive line is not any good. Uh, They don't have any wide receivers besides Darnell Mooney. They're a bunch of depth guys. Uh, You added some nice pieces to the defense, and I think this defense is going to be really good one day under Eberflus. I think it's still a work in progress because he needs another draft and another real free agency to get pieces. Right. Trevor, I mean, this is like... a, a. and I liked Justin Fields a lot. He was a top five player for me. Um, I had him only behind Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson in that draft class. His timeline does not match the new regime's timeline. And I, somebody has to be honest like and admit that. I, seem and like they didn't draft him. And he's going to get a shot this year. And there's a chance he plays Superman. And he's so good that they're like, okay, now he was so good. What's going to be like when we get pieces around him? It's really hard to be Superman year two in your NFL year. After year one, you were hurt. And you were in a terrible infrastructure. And amongst those things, you didn't play very well. So, I, I mean, I just look at it. I look at all the things Jacksonville is at least trying around Trevor Lawrence, including mm-hmm. the coaching hire. I look at all of the pieces that Joe Douglas has gotten Zach Wilson. I look at Trey Lance yeah. under Kyle Shanahan. I look at Mac Jones in New England. It is so stark, the difference of what those four teams have tried to do for their quarterbacks, while the Bears regime that didn't draft him hasn't done a single thing. It's uh, They've lost pieces. It's a roster that, that has not gone in the right direction since 2018. That roster has only gotten worse. And, and I'm the not new guys that deserve tonight... the clean slate. Oh, I, and, and, I, and I'm not even saying that tonight they, they didn't draft good players. I think they drafted no, good players. I like just, the players they took. Right. It's just a, it's just a you 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 got you've got Justin Fields. You gotta build around Justin Fields. You gotta make the most but out of that. They're telling you that their timeline does not match his. It's concerning. If it you is. it's concerning if you like Justin Fields and I, I just wonder what what the real you know what the situation is there. Um the the Patriots draft. 
The Thornton did, pick was more bananas than strange. Did do the Patriots have eighteen total players on their on their board? I I think the I think the Patriots have close to twenty players on their big board. Twenty. And I, that's that's I, I'm I'm obviously like sort of joking here, but how are you how are you three rounds into this thing and you've got Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, and Marcus Jones in rounds one, two, and three? That and Jones me, was Jones was the best if, pick in value. If it was anybody else other than Bill Belichick? I'd go. This is lunacy. I like Marcus Jones. I want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I like Cole Strange. Strange. I like. I do not like. I, like I do not like Tyquan Thornton. By the but way, but I I'm telling you, their big board was like 20 players long, and they said we don't give a damn. I we do not care. We are drafting the players on our board, our very small board that we believe is Patriot players. And we don't give a damn where they are on the consensus board, where we think they're going to get picked. We want them. And we're going to draft them accordingly to where we have them ranked. And that's what I think the Patriots are doing. Man, Tyquan Thornton, 190 on the consensus board. He was 189 for me. Ironically, it's pretty funny. Um, funny. I just here's the thing because I, I know the counter argument like this is the counter argument for cole strange was but like he's gonna be a good player and i don't disagree you're you're drafting in a different world than everyone else and if you think you're the one that's right compared to the other 31 teams because maybe you deserve that maybe you are right why not get more draft capital a couple of times or i, I don't i just don't Part of the draft isn't well, just drafting have, good they players. Have draft capital. It's right? working. It's working the board and understanding the board. Bill, yeah, they did have draft capital. Bill ain't, got just, no, Bill ain't got no time for that anymore. He ain't got no time for it. He's just he's just there to draft the good players. He's he's not there to play the game. He just uh, wants the Patriots players. Cal Adamitis tomorrow. Buckle up. Long snapper pit. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna hate every Steve Kime draft that just ever exists um i think i'm just i'm, I'm settling i'm it. at the point where i'm impressed personally with what that you can be like this off the rails for so long and just keep getting swings dude they, dra- the they drafted they've drafted off ball linebacker off ball linebacker and a tight end in the last three drafts <laughs> and before that they drafted quarterback quarterback they drafted a quarterback in the top 10 and then a quarterback at number one overall the next year. Well, let's look at it. And I mean, Trevor, we did 700 mock drafts with them taking offensive line. The offensive line's not going to be any good this nope. year nope. at all. Hey, but they I got like rece- Trey McBride. Hey, but they got receivers, though. They have Marquise Brown now. They want to no. play. They want to play Big 12 football. And obviously they hired Cliff. It's not going to work in the in the nfc it's not going to work in the nfl i really wasn't that hot on cam thomas i like my jay sanders a lot um i like trey mcbride a lot i don't like him when he weighs 230 pounds he got back up to two he he was sick i think his pro day he was 247 um but i mean the offensive line is just not very good and i just think it's going to catch up to them and i just don't understand the strategy personally i agree with you uh, let's take a look at some guys that are still on the board before we get out of here. <sighs> Sammy Howell. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. This is hey. the official podcast of Daniel Falele. Yep, Daniel Falele is still there. 
Uh, Darian Kennard. Dude, Darian. How is Darian Kennard on the board? How about really? Luke? For how about Luke Fortner getting drafted before his teammate? What the hell is that about? And I like Luke Fortner. I do not at all. I, I was, was like, fine. what? He's I like a he very not a solid backup center in a gap okay, scheme. Uh, okay, so I didn't think that he was going to be like a starting caliber center. Sure. I guess. I guess when I say I liked him, I should have said I guess. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You liked him for what he was. Yeah, but he, like he's fine. How is he? How in the world is he getting drafted above Darian Kennard? What are we doing? What are we doing? We have taken the, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? BS way too far at this point with this guy still on the board. Wasn't Unless there... his knees are awful, which I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I just remember every time oh, I watched okay. him play, he's wearing those massive braces. So I, I don't know. Maybe the knees are bad. I, I'm then again, like I'm not, that's not like a source. I don't know anything. I'm just taking a guess. Cause how do you watch Darian Kennard and you're picking Luke Fortner over him? They're not the same player, but it's just in the same realm. Like how is that? This guy still on the board. Isaiah Spiller still on the board. It's I didn't, little... I didn't, I didn't think Isaiah Spiller was going in, in the first three rounds. There was some, some buzz around there that he was challenging Brees Hall to be the no. first running back taken. He's no, Draft no. buzz is a beautiful thing. I'm disappointed Damian Pierce is still on the board. I liked him oh. better than a lot of running backs uh, that went today. How about Ty Davis Price going to the 49ers in the third round? Yeah, that was, uh, and I'm just going to say it, dumb. Really dumb. Really I don't even, dumb. I don't, even, I don't even think he fits their scheme. They drafted two running backs last year. Elijah, 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 Elijah Mitchell was drafted in the sixth round, seventh round, right? Yep. Yep. And Connor, he hit. He hit. I know. He was, a, he was a sixth, seventh round running back that hit. That allows you to not have to draft a running back. Kyle what, can't help himself. What, what are we himself. doing? You drafted two last year, and the one you drafted later in the draft hit. He was good. What are you doing? I know. I know. Ah, just. That was mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Insane. Um, My best player available is Jamari Salyer. He's still um, there. Very surprised. Yeah, I like him. I, and I'm not surprised. I thought he'd make it to day three. Uh, I really like Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker from Oklahoma State. Kobe Bryant still there? A little bit of a surprise? No. Co oh, wait. Kobe Bryant's still there. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Brian Bryant's still there. Brian Cook. Fine. Brian Cook did go. Um, you know, not really Perry, a ton of, Perry not really a ton of surprises. And Perry and Winfrey still there. I thought that he was going to be a second. Or, uh, second I thought he'd be a third-round pick. I heard with Winfrey, it's it's a little bit of wondering. I'm always careful with these things. People really like his talent. They are eh, on the tape. You know, obviously we saw that. We saw him kick ass in the Senior Bowl. Right. They're a little concerned about the overall buy-in because of the tape. Okay. That's why he's there. All right. I checked on that one when day two ended. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Khalil Shakir... Khalil Shakir still yep. on the board, who I like, who's going to be a really nice day three pick. I figured he'd probably be a day three pick, but um, really yep. liked him. Josh uh, Josh Williams. Yeah, one of my corner. favorite players left on the board, 94th overall. Yep. Uh, how about this one, Trevor? I'm actually shocked by this one because of the old traditional rule of speed. Mm -hmm. Calvin Austin is still out there. I thought that he was going to go somewhere late day Second two. round? I really yeah, do. I would I would have said late second round. Oh, you would have round. said second. I would have, I have him eighty fifth, but... so I didn't grade him that way. But I I just think the NFL overdraft speed all the time. All right. Charlie Kohler's out there. Kate, I thought Kate Otten was going to go today. Um, I I, I think team defense, but I could have seen it. I could have seen it. Yeah. Tariq Woolen is still there. I was wondering if somebody was going to take the flyer on Tariq. <laughs> Which Tariq is Woolen. good. That would have been. 
He's got a long ways to go, but he, he is a freak he athlete. Does. He He's a freak I, athlete. But I, I was wondering if somebody's going to. Our boy Kyron Williams, obviously still there. There's a lot of players who I'm just really excited to see. Maybe they're not going to get high, be high-impact guys, but I am excited to see where they're going to land. And that's what day, day three is all about. Day three is all about capping off the classes. It's guys that, yeah, okay, maybe they're not going to make the roster, but it's those kind of depth character guys that are going to fill out what the tone, what the theme of your team is going to be. And so I said it on the PFF live show day two, I feel like is building day, right? You get to build out what your draft strategy really was, what you actually wanted to attack because you know, you and I were texting earlier today and you were like, round one is basically just like, you're, you're trying to pick the most talented player. That's yep. what round one is all about. You are trying to pick the most talented player day two. You actually go for, strategies in the draft you're actually building out what your draft strategies are what your big takeaways are going to be and then day three it's how you cap it off it's how you build that theme of your roster at the depths the guys that are going to come in the backup players the special teamers and so that's what day three is all about a lot of guys that you're absolutely right punk maybe, god punk maybe, god day maybe they're not going to be maybe they're not going to be pro bowlers but they're going to mean a lot to your team because it takes all 53 to uh to be able to win every single week and get yourself to the playoffs and eventually win a Super Bowl. So, buddy, I'm excited. I, I know you've got to catch up on a little bit of sleep here before you got an early wake up call to make sure that you're on the show. I've got a show as well. Make sure you guys are checking oh, yeah. out the Bleacher Report live stream and the Peter, the uh, the uh, PFF live stream. We're going to be covering day three as uh, well as anybody can. So make sure you look. If you are a faithful listener to the pod, just have both tabs up. Have both tabs up yeah. on the computer. Well, you don't have to tell us which one you're muting. Yeah. If they're both muted for whatever the hell was on the TV tonight, I'm embarrassed for you. I didn't. So we don't. I, I don't hear any of the oh, audio. We have like monitors that I could see. Yeah. It's like, and I mean, these obviously the networks employ incredible people that we love, but the, there's just so many times the networks are like, it's it's the draft is like this entertainment factor. Wow. There's like circus stuff going on. I don't. I just don't name even, the picks so we can analyze it, and then we can get yeah, to bed a little earlier. That's what Twitter is for. That so is it's been Twitter fun. Is Twitter is for the discussion. We will be back Monday morning. Yes. We're not doing a podcast immediately following tomorrow's draft. No. Yeah. No. If you want Trevor and I to have a missing. voice for Monday morning. I mean, he's been hosting. I've been obviously doing the show. I actually have to host the last day tomorrow. Um, oh, hell yeah, brother. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Welcome to the party. Um, Double so hosting. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we'll be back. We'll be back Monday. And you guys know the deal. It's, it's, it's going to be fun to take a breath and then review this tonight. It's kind of like the, Oh right. shit, you know, here and there kind of thing. So Monday, we're going to be coming at you with our highest grades, lowest yeah. grades, overall thoughts on these total draft halls. And we're going to be able to talk about some undrafted free agents as well. That might be able to uh, sprinkle in some extra bonus points for some teams and some halls that we should really probably like. do split split into two shows we should grade all the afc drafts and all the nfc drafts in separate shows well i figured right? i figured well since we're now doing our show planning live on the show i figured what we could do is monday let's give our top winners our lowest losers and then okay. i feel like over the the two weeks that follow Fill in the gaps we can basically go into each division and kind gotcha. of really get into the details of what we think about the drafts, what we think, how the team changed, look at the betting win totals for them, and uh, kind of be able to formulate it like that. Does that sound All good? All right. 
That sounds good to me. Does it just sound good to you, listeners? I, okay, all right. I'll you just, just nod at this point. You just listen to us. Anything to get me show. one step closer to my pillow. <laughs> day one in the books. Day two now in the books. There's one more day of the 2022 NFL draft. Connor and I are going to be back with you on Monday morning, recapping everything we loved and the things that we didn't. Excited to see it. This is the NFL Stock Exchange. We'll see you guys then.